What's up, Video Landers? I'm your host, Dr. Diamond Doug, and with me tonight is... The Mac. All right, folks, quick reminder, you can find us on AdventuresInVideoLand.com or on our Facebook page at Adventures in Video Land. As you know, we are critics with attitude, and in most of these podcasts, I'm just going to tell you that some bad language can be used. Isn't some naughty that right? words. Yeah, yes. some naughty words, Mr. Mac. Uh, but I, I'm going to tell you tonight that Mac and I are going to keep this as PG-13 as possible. Uh, so we're going to try to avoid much of that dirty language it's tonight. It's just not my normal thing. It, it, it just isn't. It isn't. Uh, so, also with that, I want to give a spoiler alert that if you haven't watched tonight's movie, it will be ruined by this discussion because we're going to tell you what happened. Uh, so if you don't want tonight's movie ruined, pause this episode, go watch the movie, and come back later. With that said, tonight we'll be talking about Pantheon nomination number one for 2019, Dear Zachary, A Letter to His Son About His Father. So, this is the Pantheon Companion, Mac. We are, me and you, are the Pantheon Companion to talk about these movies that are nominated. Uh, just a, one line of text from the website itself, from Adventures in Video Land, uh, says that the AV Pantheon is a page for honoring five-star films and or unique films that we think need to be celebrated. I just want to hear from you, Mac, my old pal. Mm -hmm. what, uh, what does Pantheon mean to you? You know, I think... Uh, Pantheon means a lot of different things to different people, but to me, Pantheon is a movie that's not just something that you feel really good about, something you remember well from your childhood, something that gives you good, uh, 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 awesome memories, but something that really stands the test of time. It's a movie that uh, uh, hits on all of the points that if you were judging any given movie, maybe for the first time you watched it or the second time you watched it, it's going to have excellent cinematography. It's going to have good acting, or at least for the most part, good acting. We occasionally will tolerate someone who's maybe not the best. Uh, it's going to have an excellent score if there's music involved, and it's going to have an uh, excellent director who has a good view, point of view. We're going to have, uh, it's going to be edited well, and it may have other attributes. For example, special effects. If it's got special effects, those special effects should be like top-notch for their time. They should really be on point. But that's what Pantheon means for for me. Sure. Um, and just for those who may not be aware of how the whole Pantheon works, is that Pantheon is that a council gets together and votes on whether or not these movies should be put in the Pantheon as movies that are excellent and stand the test of time and are just uh, apex epic movies that people should watch. The, group, the, the, the Pantheon has a council of nine members, and then there's a Facebook poll, which counts as one vote, and then there's also a guest voter each time uh, for that with 11 votes and then to get Pantheon a movie has to get a two-thirds majority across the board. Two out of three. Um, just uh, this year, just a real quick read the, the, the list of people who are on there uh, on the council that we've got uh, Brad Hawkins, Jeremy Clifford, Ryan Smith, Marshall Wade, Matthew Wade, Cousin Wayne, Rachel Plantinga, Nathan Plantinga, and Kyle Brown. That's so those a, are the folks who are voting this year. And our selection of Dear Zachary comes from Jeremy Clifford and 
uh, April is the guest voter this time. All right. A April, uh, Brad's wife, April. So oh. not just April in general. Not the month of April. Very specific April. Yeah, be weird um, if the month of April is voting. So before we talk about this movie, and this movie is u- unique, uh, if you look at the Pantheon, Mr. Mac, if you look at the Pantheon, the movies that are in there, and I've got, uh, here, i got a list of them right here. If you, if you want to look ah. at the types of movies that are on there. In my currently whiskey-stained fingers. Yeah, go, well, read me a couple of those titles. Well, the Star Wars trilogy, for example. Singing in the Rain. Yep. 2001 A Space Odyssey. Mm-hmm. How about Sunset Boulevard? Uh, or Apocalypse Now. Many of these are movies that people not only feel good about from their childhood, but they stand, as I said earlier, they stand the test of time. And it's not just science, sci-fi, science fiction. This is a whole spectrum of movies that are in Pantheon right now. Now, interesting, and I also have... Underneath here, uh, there are, uh, that Pantheon has kicked movies out that you might have uh, that that a lot of people uh, might really like. Um, so go ahead and give examples. me some of the names on that. Yeah, list. some great examples, and and you know some of these are, might be surprising to you. They've denied The Princess Bride. They've denied Breakfast Club. Oh, those They've denied uh, a, a Crouching Tiger, Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and Enter the Dragon. Both denied. While these are great movies, they just don't hit enough of the points. Read me some more of those movies. I'm not even sure why I'm on this thing now. How about Leon? These people are jerks. Leon, the professional. I happen to agree with that. Yeah, yeah. How about uh, Dawn of the Dead 78? That did not make it. How about Children of Men? I slept during that movie. I'm not really sure what happened on that one. How about Contact? I've seen that movie probably a hundred times. Did, it take, did you see the whole movie a hundred times? Or did it take you a hundred viewings to get through, <laughs> okay. through the thing? <laughs> fair, fair question. The first 25 viewings were so I could see the entire movie because I, 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 this is a difficult thing for me. but Because yeah. uh, I'm old. No, but yeah. but uh, no, I've actually seen this movie many, many times. I can quote lines from it. I really love this movie. I don't know why it didn't make Pantheon, but I'm sure the council had their reasons. Yeah, and and, and uh, the fact that there is a council that has to vote on this is How kind about of... the Silence of the Lambs? Doug? Silence of the Lambs did not make it. Diamond, Doug, this just didn't make it. Just didn't it happen. just didn't make it. But but the fact that there's a council voting on this is sort of a, uh, a protection, a, a firewall against just one person making these decisions or just aggregating the scores from 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 any number of sites that are out there that do the same thing yes so um now that brings me to this discussion for dear zachary tonight yeah and this is a little bit interesting because of all those movies that you listed how many of those were documentaries? Uh, hang on, let me count them. One, like, you want the calculator? Hold on, I need Maybe both hands. Abacus? Uh, zero. Absolutely yeah. zero. This is the first documentary that's been nominated. That is correct. That there is no other documentaries that have been nominated for this. And it's a big category of movies. There's a lot of documentaries out there. There are very many. But, so I watched the movie twice uh, to through. Mm-hmm. Uh, once by myself, once uh, my wife came in and watched the second half with it. And um, it really got me asking this question about Pantheon. What is a Pantheon documentary? That's like, a great question. Broadly, what is a good documentary? That's a great question. Um, do you have any thoughts on what, like, like... Off the, cu- I've got a list of things that I can interject with, but just off the cuff, what are like if you're thinking about if somebody asks you, hey, uh, hey Mac, tell me about 
what do you think a good documentary is? What do you, what would you say? I think a good documentary needs to first and foremost it needs to be something that is a story that I would be interested in. Now, if I want to think about a good documentary in general, it needs to be a story that a broad base may be interested in. But just for me, something I want to watch, I would be pulled into the story. Yeah. Uh, second, I'm not as worried about uh, editing. To be honest with you, with documentaries, that's not as important to me. Uh, as far as editing, you know, cutting scenes, that sort of thing. But the overall storytelling, that's important. I need to be able to follow the story from beginning to end. It needs to make sense in the way that they lay the story out. Because, you know, the way you tell a story sure. is just as important as the story yeah, itself. Yeah, yeah, Those are the two, I think those are the two big <clears throat> things with documentaries. Um, all right. So here's, here's a couple other things from a list and see what resonates with you. One, I think you mentioned this already, it's compelling. Uh, they great documentaries, and this is from uh, Gary Bytel, who said this. Great documentaries remind us that our lives are complex, tragic, funny, magnificent. So they're compelling stories. That goes with also that a documentary is not just an instructional video or somebody turning a camera on, but it is a movie, and it is a powerful story arc. Yeah. So it has to have some sort of story arc or character arc to it. Absolutely. Uh, it gives you a new perspective. Something that you'd never see before. Like if I'm thinking like the uh, Nanook of the North, like back in its time in the 20s or whenever it was right. filmed, like like people had not seen the Inuit culture mm -hmm. back then called Eskimo. But now, right. you know, like that was new. They would never be able to go there otherwise. This is the movie, by the way, if I'm if I'm correct. Like, correct me is I'm that wrong. the one you watched? This this is <laughs> that this, this is the movie that gave us the uh, the 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 storyline that the that Eskimos have like 150 words for snow or something like that. I'm sure it. it I'm sure it went into it. No. So um, exclusive access, things you wouldn't have been able to get to otherwise. Uh, that it, it they go deep, way yeah. deep on whatever they're looking at. Research, not Research. surface. Yeah. Not surface stories. They know the topic when they're telling. They them. get in. They get stuff that I wouldn't have been able to get, and they go all the way in. Um, creative quality of fiction, so that there is a creative interpretation of reality. So it's a point of view. That's what, I Fair guess enough. that that it's a point of view, and that it's eye opening. It stays with you. So this this list uh, came from the NFB blog is that they had, and then there was other things. So I was just seeing. That anything well, resonate from that list for yeah. you? Yeah, you know, as you're, as you're going through those things, I'm thinking about, and I've seen quite a few of the uh, like making a murderer type documentaries where you know they're telling a story. You could actually tell that entire story in a few sentences and say this person's accused of crime they didn't commit, then they got out because they actually were innocent, then then they apparently actually did commit a crime. Now they're back in jail, but now there's a question about that too. You could tell that story. And it may or may not be interesting, but in the way that they may tell it in one documentary versus a different approach to that documentary, it hits those those points that you just stated. Sure. All right. So <clears throat> let's chat about the movie itself. So this kind of lays a groundwork for, for what we're looking at, um, and, uh, and that'll, that'll guide the conversation, give a scaffolding for the conversation itself. Um, so we're we're looking at Deer Zachary, and I looked up I looked up across different places, and you've got ninety four percent fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, ninety six percent audience score from Rotten Tomatoes. You've mm. got um, uh, that Metacritic gave it an eighty six, and um, 
there some other places had given it pretty high. There were some other ones that weren't as high, like Variety Magazine, 50%, mm. uh, the Esquire. Esquire gave it 100. Meta, this is Metacritic's right. interpretation of the review. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of them were in that 80, 90 mm-hmm. range that if I, if I just look at the list and just guesstimate, I would say the median score is probably in the low 90s to mid 90s. Okay. For a movie from from critics that and are out there, one thing I find interesting is that well, <clears throat> it, it, I, I do find it interesting of what a critic's point of view is on a movie. You may know if someone was to rewind this podcast and listen when we talked about what makes something uh, a pantheon, the critics' review wasn't one of those points. That's right. That's right. So, but this is just to 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 let you know that there's yeah. there is general critical acclaim for this. How, how about that? Yeah. So, the, like, the, it's. It's not that the everybody hates this movie, but like this council just was weirdly into it. Yeah. Uh, that this is other people agree with this. Yeah. So there's a community of agreement that this is something we should at least talk about. Well, and the 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 critics' reviews, the positive critic reviews, or product positive critic point of view, help, uh, actually comes into the the one aspect, which is is it a compelling story? Critics wouldn't give it a positive uh, review. You would hope. If it wasn't even a compelling story to start with, because they would be turned off by it right off the bat. Uh, So I found this synopsis of the movie. This is just for the listener uh, out there that um, the... Uh, just to just to put everything together, and this is from Common Sense Media. It said, In Dear Zachary, a letter to a son about his father, filmmaker Kurt Quain? Kuhn? Keen? I don't know how to pronounce his name. Did he pronounce his own name during the movie? I don't know. Kurt. We'll go with Kurt. Kurt. Filmmaker Kurt sets out to memorialize his friend Andrew Bagby, who was violently murdered in 2001, what begins as a tribute to a friend and a lamentation that Bagby's alleged uh, alleged killer ex-girlfriend Shirley Turner fled to Canada and there roams free, quickly becomes a custody battle when it's discovered that Turner is pregnant with Bagby's uh, late Bagby's son. The Bagby's grandparents move to center stage as they fight for visitation rights for the grandson, the titular character Zachary, and endure uh, an exhausting battle with the courts who inexplicably grant Turner freedom to raise her own son in spite of clear psychological issues, and then an unexpected twist abruptly changes everyone. Uh, everyone's understanding of the case. Yeah. So they didn't want to give away the ending, uh, but no. uh, she kills Zachary. She does. Yeah. yeah. She kills I'm gonna her. I'm gonna spoil it right now. She kills herself because I told you spoiler alert already. And Zachary. Yep. Yep. Together. Yep. Murder suicide. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And the adventure to go from the beginning of just that paragraph that you read to the end that is the movie. Like that's the the that's the journey yeah, they the, take you on. The only thing that was left, and what is what's left out of this is the resolution, the fifth act. Like if I, if if mm. we look not th- not not at three acts, yeah. like uh, other that this uh, Adventures in Video Land likes to talk about three acts with uh, movies and stuff like that, mm. and then you know like DC might have trouble in the third act or Marvel <laughs> or whoever like yeah. that. But if we look at this in in a five act setting I from Shakespeare. Like or the Freitag's pyramid uh, of literary design, where you have exposition, turning point, climax, fight scene, mm. or you know the, yeah. the the declining action, and then resolution, is that resolution that fifth act, which is not mentioned here, is that then the parents become 
activists. Yeah. Their grandparents become activists yeah. against the courts and the system that led that let this happen. Yeah, they're trying to change the Canadian, specifically the Canadian court system, so that this can't happen again. All right. All right. So let's chat about the movie itself. Sure. And, and, um, and I'm just going to start broadly and say, Mac, what are your thoughts? So I think broadly. Broad thoughts on the movie. I had read... Uh, a commentary on the way that the the director had put the movie together, and it, it it unfortunately had skewed my view in the first ten minutes, and then when I realized what he was doing, uh, I came around. So at least I came around to what the director was doing. So here here's the thing. Yeah, I'm listening. Yeah, no, 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 I I'm uh, there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, the director has an interesting, not only point of view, but also an interesting perspective on the story in that he was fully immersed in it from the from prior to the beginning of the movie on. This gentleman was a, a very close friend of Andrew Bagby, knew him from childhood. They had done many things together. The director of this movie is not like his first movie. He's been making movies since he was a child, and he had tons of footage with Andrew in it. And so he included this in the movie to help tell the story of Andrew. First act is really who was Andrew, how mm -hmm. was the director connected to him, and what was their lifetime experience, was he a good person, a bad person, and then where did Andrew go when they Then you throw adults? in the girlfriend's second act, and then you build up to, yes. like, then they break up, they and break we find up. out that he's he, he's been killed. Well, even then, before, even before, you find out they break up, or they're breaking up, and Andrew can't seem to shake this girl, this yeah. woman, she was a woman, can't seem who to shake her. Breaks up with her. Puts her on an airplane, flies her from Syracuse to Omaha. I'm uh, pretty Iowa, sure. I think. Uh, well, wherever. Wherever she drives 16 hours back. Yeah. And then the the friend of the friend, who's in Syracuse, says the most like on the point thing is the hey if I break up with a girl and put her on an airplane and send her back to Nebraska and then she shows up at my door the next morning at 5:30, I run out the back door. I go out the back door and I call the cops. Yeah. Which. And then the character Andrew says, uh, yeah. "I don't know. What are you talking about?" Yeah, yeah. I know. All right. So, um, yeah. So, so that's some of your thoughts right there on the movie. On the there, first part of the movie. Yeah. Uh, in chatting with Brad uh, earlier about this, that had and he had said something that I think is a va very valid point is that this is a horrible situation uh, that. Like you watch this movie, it's not a feel good movie. It's a tragic movie. It's a, tr it's yeah. not a comedy. No, in, in not not comedy, and I'm not using comedy in the 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 modern day sense of the word, but comedy in the old sense of the word of comedy, which is just life in action mm -hmm. that has a lighter side and probably ends in a wedding or a or, or you know or a birth. Right. That this is tragedy in the true sense of that it's the dark side. And there is a tragic flaw that goes unrecognized, and ultimately it leads to a death. Yeah. And I would say multiple tragic flaws. Tragic flaws in the way that Andrew handled the situation, handled the situation. A tragic flaw in the way that the court system handled the situation following. Tragic yeah. flaw in the way that I think almost everybody involved in it um, kept assuming that 
underneath all of this, the best intentions were there, even with all the little flags saying yeah. the best intentions were not there. And and, and circling back, circ- circling back, uh, that he he had mentioned that this is a horrible thing that happened, and I wouldn't wish this on anybody in the whole wide world. Um, but we're here to talk about the movie itself. The movie, yeah. We're not here to to diminish the tragedy, no. but to talk about how well did the document, the documentary, um, do on this subject, and was this subject something that should be done, and all sorts of questions that go with this. And when I was watching this, that a, a thought had come to mind about this is that this is difficult to judge. Because this is us watching, it's really watching a video, uh, a filmed eulogy. It starts off as a filmed eulogy, doesn't it? It, it, And it's us watching a best friend who is grieving and putting together film footage of people who are grieving for people who are grieving. And it's like grading a eulogy. Yeah. You know, like, it's like... Like and you if, see a misspelling if you're in the third a, paragraph. If and you're, you're like, a, I gotta mark yeah, it up. Yeah, if you're at a funeral service and then some, and you're like, okay, the eulogy's up. You're like, okay, and then so and so back here is gonna sit back and grade it. Yeah. It just seems inappropriate almost to to talk about grading something that is just is really a eulogy. It's it's it, it is a, a grief stricken yeah. documentary. So one of the comments uh, I read, and then it was sort of stuck in my head, and then later it popped back up was that the director seemed to not have a, 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 a direction. Like he started off heading towards a eulogy of Andrew and then uh, uh, it shifted gears and then it shifted gears again and then it shifted, well, gears, direction, shifted direction again. And I think from my perspective, that's because the movie also is telling the story of the director experiencing that three-year, five, whatever, four-year period between uh, Andrew uh, having problems and struggling with his relationship through his murder, through the the situation with the courts, and then the pregnancy and the baby, and then the baby growing, and the, the grandparents having to deal with all of that, and then finally the the murder suicide towards the end he didn't he didn't re-edit or recut his experience going through that later he actually kept in my in my from my perspective he kept his experience of those events as they were happening and so as we watched the movie we're going through it uh, the way he went through that whole story too. Yeah, and, and so and like I had mentioned before, I watched the second time my wife came in and watched the rest of the movie with me, mm-hmm. and um, and and we got through that. Uh, we got through that experience, and um, and and we got to the end, and she's like, you know, there were some parts that were really compelling, and then other parts that weren't and i feel bad even mentioning that yeah um like and and i so i just asked her flat out i said so if you had to put this in a pantheon like like ask like what is a pantheon documentary right and would you put this in a list of pantheon movies here and she just flat out said no (laughs) And, and and her reasoning was i've seen better documentaries that this is tragic, and I feel bad for them, and 
while we were talking, I said, if the niche market, because you were saying it followed his journey and it was, mm-hmm. and it was specifically designed for a certain group of people, yep. that if the goal of this was this videographed eulogy that was from a person's perspective and for that couple, it, in-house, it's it nails its niche market. Yeah. But, right, very specific niche But market. is that enough? It, does it have enough universality um, to to be that for everyone? Like, it's on a, a good list question. of everyone's movie. Well, let's, let's do a hypothetical. Let's say the director went back and said, okay, I'm going to recut, re-edit the way this whole story is put together as if I'm doing it after everything. Like, at that end. Like, after the murder-suicide, I'm going to then make movie from make the movie from all the footage i have if he did that and the story was built to go up to the actual ending of the movie and it was from that perspective the entire time would it have been pantheon worthy Uh, i mean it's a theoretical maybe maybe i mean i haven't voted yes or no either way i'm just saying uh but it would be a different movie you wouldn't feel uh, like you were going down a meandering stream because it did feel a bit at times like I was just being pulled along in a boat with no oars down a river that didn't go from point A to point B. It went through, you know, 12 countries on the way. So you had mentioned before when we were talking about like Pantheon movies that like hit everything across the board, cinematography, right. acting, score, directing, editing, other things. Yeah. Uh, the last thing that you had mentioned was... Another, special effects. Special effects. Um, so... This list doesn't tear like some of this list doesn't apply. Cinematography was there some pretty pretty landscapes in there? Mm, I get like is sure. that what cinematography would mean for a d- documentary? Yeah, it, I, you almost have to change or or eliminate. For for example, acting. Acting Only is the not narrator is acting, and the rest you want to be as authentic yeah. as possible. Only the narrator's acting, and in, in in as far as I. Get a, and, imagine this moment. And my wife didn't really care for the narration. Oh uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Did you like the narration? The uh, guy who did you like his voice? How he how he approached things? In my mind, a narrator should be invisible, like a host of a game show. So mm. now nah, he he at times it felt like he he made himself the center of the of the story. So so I don't know. I guess I'd give him a three out of five. The score itself, uh, the musical score. I liked parts of the musical score. There were parts of it that's still with me. I heard one of those songs. Uh, later, yeah. and it, it drew me back to the movie. So, in a way, I would say the score uh, was was pretty good. And the only thing that I would choices. say, the only thing I would say about the score is that it was a little heavy handed in its emotional intent. Yeah. But I don't yeah. think that director Kurt would shy away from that criticism because he yeah. said this movie is biased. Yeah, I hate that B. Yeah, <laughs> right. Who killed my friend? Right, mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, yep. And so the music would follow the emotional content to agree that. Uh, directing is not really so much of a thing, but editing is what's the big dog. Well, with... he, he directed to a certain point when he did the personal interviews, he's going to be storyboarding. Story, yeah, he, well, but he's also going to be, he's only asking certain questions of the people that he interviews. We don't really hear the questions. So the, the responses that the people he interviews, you know, in those uh, one-on-one uh, shots... They're, they're going to be within the realm of what he asked them to talk about. Yeah. So, so in a way, there's some directing, but not so much. Not not quite like a regular feature film. How did you feel about the? Uh, how did you feel about the? 
the tenor of the piece about Andrew Bagby. So, like, it was a eulogy mm. to him, mm-hmm. and nobody wants to, Grant, we said this before yeah. we started recording, nobody wants to speak ill of the dead. Right. Uh, that I, the they painted him in a very saccharine, sweet, yeah. pastel glow. Right. I, I asked and, myself. And I get it. I asked myself, would I be friends with this guy? And I thought to myself, yeah, sure. I mean, he sounds like somebody who was fun to hang out with. Would he be my best friend? Uh, you know, that's a tough. That's a tough bet. You're my best friend. So. Yeah, well, I was gonna say. Yeah, so, I was like, would, <laughs> but would someone like him? And I thought, you know, here, here the, the thing about him. Not to speak anything anything bad about him, but uh, and it's just I only know about Andrew what what the director told us, right? Yeah. But it felt like he struggled with figuring out who he was, where he was going, what he was doing. It took him. You know, uh, multiple years after medical school to even come up with a, a where he was heading, and he didn't seem to be strong enough to uh, to know who he was. To know who he was, to not have dated that person in the first place, eh, you or might date to somebody, or to, to stick, break it off sooner, yeah. or to whatever. I, I felt like uh, I felt like there was missed opportunities in the film to. Dig deeper into who he was. I agree with that. And to, um, it's not that we're going to unearth the deep, dark, dirty secrets, but just yeah. to to give me a f- like the, the things that they said about him, which were negative. It's like, oh, and he's got gas, and he likes his right. farts, and. Yeah. Um, but then the director who said, "I know this person so well. I've known him for years. We grew up together." He's like, "Wait, you took photographs?" Yeah. And I thought to myself, "Wait." How did you? Okay, I guess uh, one of two things. They he had been friends. Him. Yeah, what they grew up together until no, he went to college, right? That's the thing. It's yeah. like they, they were, you yeah. know, like yeah. it's like your friend from way back. Yeah, but but I still, I mean, you know, they weren't like fifty, so it hadn't been that far. You know, maybe what five, ten years or something since they hung out. I, I'm guessing. But here's the thing: to to not know that someone's favorite hobby was photographs when you are a cinematographer, you're a movie maker for a living. Even said I was shocked when I found out about it. But then I thought to myself, I think Andrew had things going on that a lot of people didn't know about. Yeah. I, do you have any of those friends that compartmentalize? Yeah. And they, like, the, around you, they like these things and do these things, but not around you. Apparently, they like and do things that you would be surprised by. Yeah. And I kind of felt like maybe that was a bit of Andrew, too. But we, we didn't get to delve into it. We didn't get to learn more. And that's, that's I felt that was a part that was shallow. Yeah. Uh, if I can use a harsh word. Here well, it's for supposed it. to be a. The movie title is a letter to Zachary about Andrew. I mean, yeah. the, the movie is about Andrew say, hey, by listen, its title, right? This is your dad for warts and all. Right. Uh, and and I think that it would have made me felt even more connected to him when he was killed in yeah. this storyline. Yeah, I agree. Um, how about the editing? The it was this was and somebody else had put a quote here about. That uh, that this is cut. Um, it 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 was it left them breathless because of the sharp cuts, quick edits, and no scenes lasted for most scenes didn't last for longer than a second to three seconds at a time. Yeah, I read that too. Um, yeah. I'm not sure I completely agree with. I you. didn't fully agree with that, but I did feel like that there was breathlessness to some of it. Some intentional, mm-hmm. yeah. where they have a metronome behind to give a, a sense yeah. of impending doom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but about how it was cut, where it was cut, when the things were cut, 
How'd you feel about that? Uh, I gotta say that a part of a part of me thought that he made a lot of decisions about editing and cutting as he went along, and then later on when he was wrapping up the movie, he just didn't go back and make changes. He literally almost sort of like we watched a movie being made across four years where. For whatever reason, he made choices four years ago that he did not want to change. Yeah. So I think that left maybe some of that jarring feeling about how the the movie was cut differently at the first part versus the later parts. Um, I I've watched movies that were cut more harsh than that, and I've enjoyed them. Yeah. Um, but and I have to say this: it almost felt to me like he didn't intend this to be one movie, but like a serial. A like, series like the like like a How to Catch a Killer, yeah, or or or, or making a murderer, so that when you're watching episode six, it didn't make that much difference that its focus was over here because episode one's focus was way over there, and so they were taking you through. And perhaps if this had been a series, it would have a different uh, outcome. I, and I'm not talking about pantheon outcome. I'm just talking about a different uh, point of view by people who watched it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... And it almost felt like, uh, as it was shifting gears, that they could have had, like, chapter placard cards. There you go, chapters. You know, yeah. like like chapter one. Yeah. Andrew's fun. Maybe. Chapter two, you know, the lady shows up. Chapter yeah. three, yeah. you know, the yeah. prison, you know, the murder. Like, so, it, it, like, it had a chapter, chapter quality to it. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I also, I felt like throughout the entire movie, even though they were the last two-thirds of the movie, the grandparents, I not only knew them better, I knew what they wanted, who they were, and how they felt yep. better than any other character, including Shirley. Uh, I'm just going to ask you point blank. If you had to vote today, yay or nay, yes or no, what would you vote on this? So, uh, I would say if I had to vote right now that I, at this very second, haven't made up my mind, but I will. And in fact, while I give you my answer, I'm actually going to vote in the poll on Facebook. Sure. Um, I would vote no, but I would vote no for two reasons. Okay. One, I think of the, the, the elements of what makes Pantheon that still apply in this documentary category, it misses on two of them. It misses on the decisions that um, that the director made in the direct the directorial decisions that he made in putting the movie together, and I think it also misses in the cinematography portion because uh, he just made some weird choices of cutting back and forth between. Um, uh, 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 speeds, uh, scene types, weird um, lip things. Yeah, that. Oh my god, we didn't even talk about that, that. But the animated lips, because he didn't have video of the of the people actually saying it things. was unnecessary. But it pulled me out of the story. But it, it not by its not by itself. It wasn't by itself a reason uh, to say no. But when you add all of these things up, um, when you add them all up, um, I, I would I would say no. Yeah. Uh, what and, about you, Doug? So, and I would say the same thing. Yeah. I would say no. Um, and it, it, I wrestled with this question because it, it was a compelling and interesting story. And it it's was. a tragic story. It's also tragic. Um, I watched it all the way through three times. Uh, 
but but it but it didn't maintain uh, the elements that should be there for, in my opinion, Pantheon. Yeah, so there were the minor hiccups that there were some technical like these are not the reasons that I'm saying no by themselves, but there was some technical flaws to the movie. Yeah, there there was occasions where the 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 speaker's lips did not match the audio. Did you see that? There was like some weird choices about the animation on the lips that yeah. there was um that goes back to the special was, effects right were, the only yeah. special effects in the movie but it, but broader than that the question about was this universal you like did this have universal appeal that was it cut in a way that was as tight as it could be and cohesive as it could be uh but in the end i'm just going to quote my wife's uh, what my wife said right after which was so would you put this in Pantheon? And she said, "No, I've seen better documentaries. Yeah, I've I seen feel that. better. I feel bad about saying that, but I've seen better stuff." Um, yeah. And she just started listing stuff off. And right. she said, "You know, uh, there was that half documentary on PBS that we just stumbled on, where that person was getting Alzheimer's and losing her mind, and, and then she wasn't present anymore by the end. Uh, and that was more powerful mm. for her." Uh, that I had watched something about USS Indianapolis last night, which was just like a PBS showing. It was like an hour long, but this was an hour and a half. It's not terribly mm-hmm. long in distance, but the but that was a more compelling and cohesive story than this. I've seen true crime stuff. Right. I've seen crime documentaries. I've seen the how to like I not the how to catch a murder stuff, but but any of the crime shows. Yeah. Um, that I've seen as more compelling, but then I was like, okay. They weren't all more compelling. Not all more compelling. No, but there were. Yeah. Do I think this is a good movie? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 I'll sure. watch it again, probably. Yeah. Um, I'll show it to somebody and say, hey, you know what? You should watch this like that. Uh, but I'm. But if I had to say, would I put it on a list of best of, I'd be hesitant. Uh, and this is even on a list of best of documentaries. Mm-hmm. Would it be like if we were only doing pantheon of documentaries? Would it? Where would it fall? And I was like, I okay, say no. What movies would? I, what movies have I seen that really did speak to me? And I was kind of like, Jesus Camp. Have you seen that one? <laughs> no. It, but it, it, it's about like this wild and crazy doctrinal, like doctrine indoctrination, mm. uh, and. It takes an honest approach to it, where it's not they're all bad, but right. definitely like this is crazy, but we're all crazy, right. kind of an approach. Well, here's something that the director did in in, in a letter to Andrew, and you just said like it's not like they're all bad, but he, and I know he opened with it and said this movie is biased, but he didn't have to do that. He actually could have made the movie. Uh, in a, it, it, he's gonna be biased because he's personally attached to the storyline. But he could have made the movie in a less biased. We saw nothing but negative points of view about Shirley. We saw nothing but Granted, negative point of she view. She was a murdering child, killing, hoo ha, crazy, crazy, eight, yeah. But we also saw nothing but bad about the court system. Yeah, and I realized the decisions they made were not definitely worked out very badly for the child, for the grandparents, uh, for for justice for Andrew, but they made those decisions based on their existing legal system, and that point of view just wasn't made. So other other documentaries that I've seen that just pretty powerful stuff, uh, Life Itself, the story about Roger Ebert. Sure. 
that it was excellent. Um, I have not seen it yet, but it gets like a hundred score on everywhere, which mm. is the "Would You Be My Neighbor," which I, uh, Pantheon can wait a year until that's out and then nominate that. Uh, and I think it would go up because like the subject matter and from everybody, anybody who has seen it is like. This is amazing. I would be absolutely biased when it came to that movie just because I'm personally connected, met him, yeah. knew his family and he members. he killed your cat. No, no, no not just... him. No, 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 the king. <laughs> no, I'm The messing. little king I'm puppet. Messing. The yeah, little king yeah, yeah. puppet did it. No, not, but, not it, it, but, 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 but everybody says wonderful stuff. But there's other movies. I don't necessarily agree with the politics of it or the, the thought process of it. Supersize me. Yeah. That, like... I think it's a little bit of a straw man type argument, yeah. but I think it was shot better and more cohesive I than with this one. Have you seen Quintus Scotsi? No. The nineteen eighty one. It's kind of a, like an art house film. What's it about? It is no talking at all, but it's got a droning Indian, uh, Native American uh, song about Quintus Scotsi uh. underneath, and they show. It starts with long shots of idyllic stuff as it builds to technology, quicker and quicker shots, and it kind of lays out, are we techno- technologizing ourselves mm-hmm. out of existence right. by the increasing speed of it and the increasing impact of it. Mm. It's it's not not a global warming thing. It's just like, are we over-teching ourselves? Right, right. Um, it, it's crazy stuff, and it's like an art film, but it's a documentary. Gotcha. Uh, Murder Ball. Yeah. Have you seen that one? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, uh, the first time I watched it, I didn't even think of it as a documentary. I didn't. I know it was. Have you seen Bowling for Colin, Colin? I have seen Bowling for Colin. The, what'd you think about that movie? I had a hard time separating myself from the emotional. See, and that, that's what I, I think is that movie. The, uh, I, I would think that there's some movies that are so close of yeah. that... Uh, personal impact or whatever it is that you wrestle with it but if 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 i had to say like your unbiased opinion as a documentary itself that is the it, film w- w- would you be able to say like i can't say because every time i've watched it i've gotten so pulled into the story that i i stop looking at the movie and i just start reliving the events yeah, yeah, as i yeah. saw them at the time not i wasn't there yeah. but my outsider's point of view and the connection my children were that age and you know all that kind of stuff so, so it, it's, it's as, pretty hard. as odd as it sounds for me that the and we were sitting here on a, a podcast for best worst movie mm-hmm. that that the best worst movie that's the title of the one that right. michael paul stevenson about does 2. about troll 2 but it's this personal biopic where he goes and talks to all the people and it has this kind of like tragic tale but a th- right. for some of the things honestly a better movie than the movie yeah honestly yeah. a better <laughs> obviously a better movie than the movie but like i would put dear zachary even though like if you strip the content the sure. context out yeah. in terms of film style and yeah. storytelling and story arc yeah. i would put it on the same level as best worst movie which okay. i love right but because of the topic because matter. of the topic matter yeah. but but i i still think it's a it's a pretty good documentary mm-hmm. uh pretty solid but oh and i think a letter to zachary is actually a good documentary. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's a but good documentary. Spellbound? Eh. Have you oh, seen? Oh, yeah. About yeah, the yeah. spelling bee? Yeah, <laughs> right. It's crazy. Right. Um, and then there's other ones we haven't even mentioned, like like Won't You Be My Neighbor, Man on Fire, Wordplay, Hoop Dreams, uh, Blackfish, which everybody loves, yeah. Grizzly Man, this one that's very recent, Robin Williams, Come Inside My Mind, oh, that you saw that one, God. right? And, like, started. it's... 
the it's equally as tragic as this one. Sure. Right? Because yeah. you know where it's going to end. Yeah, you know where it goes. Except we didn't know where this one was going to go unless you read a spoiler ahead of time. But yeah. Yeah. But uh, but as for as as in your experience, would you put that one over or under? Under most of what you just listed. But oh, how about Dear Zachary? That's what I'm saying. I would put Dear Zachary below. Yeah, and many it, of the see, ones and, and that, that, that's what I was saying is that. I've seen better documentaries, so yeah. um, I think documentaries deserve a place on Pantheon. Oh, for sure. And there should be there should documentaries. Be there, there's maybe some other categories we could talk about another time that should be in Pantheon and aren't. It's not because they've been excluded. They're not nominated. It's not old enough yet. Well, there's and they, that. They, and it hasn't been nominated, and I think documentary deserves to be on there. And there are some out there that are just really spectacular uh, that... Go beyond that five star limit mm. and have a life of their own in terms of just content. I think and something contest. about yes, and something about documentaries also is there needs to be enough distance. For example, Robin Williams, "Won't You Be My Neighbor?" There's well, "Won't You Be My Neighbor?" Actually, there is enough distance, but there needs to be enough distance from the event. Something you know, a documentary about a major tragic event. Without picking one, I'm just saying about a major national tragic event. Bowling for Columbine, for example. There needs to be enough distance from the event so that when someone decides whether it's Pantheon or not, they can make that decision separated from the emotional connection they may personally feel from that. And yeah. then, you know, this one, I didn't have an emotional connection to Andrew or Zachary or Shirley or the grandparents, and I wish I could remember their names, but because uh, I... Kate I'm, and Jack or something like that, or Kate and yes. something. I, I think... They were, they are fantastic people, regardless of how they handled the. the and I actually appreciate what they did too with their uh, pushing on changes in the court. I don't have a connection to them, and so it was easy for me to look at the movie as a movie. But if I had known them, I, I couldn't have looked yet at the movie as a movie itself. And I, I couldn't possibly look at uh, "Won't You Be My Neighbor" or or Robin Williams come inside my mind. Uh, and be and be unbiased because I'm still too connected to those things. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I spent a year mourning Robin Williams. Oh, I know, I know, I know. The um, uh, so it's not so it's not about a movie that it's not it's not that tragedy isn't something that should be looked at or no. dealt with or anything. No. But it, like, yeah. Well, the documentaries don't have to be about tragedies either. There could be a fantastic documentary that's about. Uh, the creation of the Constitution of the United States, sure. or 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 just anything like that, and or uh, I've seen documentaries. By the way, we didn't mention this. I've seen documentaries about uh, about our, our 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 space program that were not done by the U.S. government or NASA or even funded by them, and they were fantastic. Sure. Um, so uh, so right now, Facebook poll that both of us have put our votes in. I yeah. think that it's like five. For no and seven for yes or something and like seven hundred thousand people who haven't seen the movie. Uh, no, I like believe fi- that like is fifty four who haven't seen it or 65, something. Sixty five. Sixty five haven't no, seen it. We can change our votes here. So those that have not seen it, go watch it. Yeah, and come back and change your vote because yeah, and it's important. And by the way, I should have mentioned this at the outset. I've watched. I watched this on Amazon Prime. 
Yeah, I have an Amazon Prime account. Yeah, I do too. So I watched it there. It is free there. You can watch it for free there. If you don't have an Amazon Prime account, you can get a 30-day Amazon Prime account for free. And then you can watch it and then like cancel your account if that's what you want to do, I and guess. And Pantheon or not, it's worth a watch. It is worth a watch. It is. Um... So, so that's where the poll is as far as uh, as far as where would do you think it's going to be Pantheon for the council? Okay, that's a really rough question because several people on the council I don't know. Yeah, I don't, like, know. I don't know personally. I don't know them either. But based on I'm going to go based on what I have. The information I have in front of me is the movies that have and haven't made it to Pantheon. I realize they're not all voted on by this council, but. I would say that it's not going to make it. That's what I would say. Just because right of now the... Facebook's a yes. Yeah. Guest voter was probably chosen specifically so that you they get would one say in, yes. get one in the bag. Yeah. But, there's three. But but I don't like that. That's hope. That's hopeful. Yeah. That's not saying the guest voter is going to vote that way. Yeah. Well. So so there's three, and then so you've got at least three. Yeah, but uh, they need. Five? They need they need seven. They need seven. They need math, math because of math. Yeah. They need seven out of eleven, and I, I just don't feel like I, I you know based on the criteria yeah. that's being used. Silence of the Lambs did not make it. Yeah, well, and it's old. Sunset Boulevard didn't make it. It's old. The first two times, <laughs> and other so. As far as this one, I think that there will be some people who really wrestle with saying something bad about this movie, and it'll be very awkward because they don't want to say something bad about this movie because it's a, because because it's about a, a freaking baby that died. I know about you a know? nice, a really nice guy. Zachary. We haven't even talked about Zachary. No, we haven't even talked about Zachary. We're but it's about a really nice guy who was murdered by, if you just take the word of the director, a horrible person. Yeah. That's all the information we have. Yep. It's about, but that horrible person then murdered a baby. So it pretty much justifies that point of view. Yeah, and she had eight, uh, eight, uh, um, whatever they call them, police things against her. Yeah. Uh, and she's got two, two divorces and, and she three admitted kids, to abandoning her previous And she kids abandoned too. three of kids. Yeah. She's, she's not great. I think she struggled with some mental issues potentially. I, 100%, potentially, 100%. Maybe. And then tried pinning the murder on somebody else. Like, uh, it's just, yeah. she was not well. You know, we didn't talk about that, but uh, the evidence that showed that she was involved in that was overwhelming. Yeah, and the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so and, anyway. the, and the miscarriages of justice all the way around, right. of calling a, calling a suspected murderer and saying, hey, uh... We're pretty sure that you murdered someone. I was wondering if you could give us your gun that you murdered somebody with. With, yeah. And she's like, I think I'm gonna look for that. I think I, I, I might have had that. I think I gave it to him. I don't know. I think it was in his car. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Set that aside. Um, what was your most emotional impact? Most emotionally impactful moments of the movie? Just. The baby's death. That that you know, I, I I was impacted by Andrew's death, but I but I called that one prior to even. Oh yeah. I would have called that if I hadn't read review. But the baby's death was hard for me. You know that touches my life directly. Yeah, I, I was just wondering if there was any like scenes, lines of dialogue, that like uh, like any specific, yeah. yeah, any specific line that caught you off guard. And I don't remember the exact words, but the 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 interviews with the grandparents where the Grandmother's uh, crying, and the grandfather is 
Like this is what she did. It's, yeah. it, worse. He's he's actually expressing with vulgarity and explicitly saying that he would go and and he would I would he murder would, her. I would wait till my till my wife is asleep so she wouldn't know what I was doing so she would have deniability and I would go murder her and then turn myself in so that my wife wouldn't be affected because that you know what is just yeah. deserves to die. And had I done that all this would have gone out. He, he was so raw. That I, I, I felt, you know, I watch movies differently yeah, yeah. than you. I become the characters in a movie yep. in my head. I was him sitting on the couch saying, no, I'd murder that person. Yeah, yeah. I was that. I was him just for a moment. And and uh, that that was particularly... It, so, impactful. like, his his visceral and authentic reactions were tough to watch. But the, 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 the line that caught me, like, it gave me that bubble in the throat. Yeah. Was it just a throwaway line from one of the friends at the end of the movie mm. where she was talking, like, one of the friends was talking about the baby's funeral. And then she just started waxing philosophic about uh, and remembering, she's saying... That coffin was so small. They shouldn't come that size. And that line, that throw, that throwaway line was like, they shouldn't come that small. Yeah. And like that was just like, oh, yeah. Like that hit me in the feels. Yeah. Like yeah. And of course, having, for me, having been to funeral services yes. of tiny little people, yes, they shouldn't have died so soon. This, this, I was at a funeral like that many years ago as a family member that that passed away and. And uh, not only did I have that thought that, wow, coffins are actually made that small, I went one step further and just for a split second became the person that works in the factory that to made them. that coffin. To yeah. order. To order. You know? Jeez, yeah. That's rough. Yeah. 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 That's true. That's but, a rough one. You know, yeah. This is a whole side trail yeah, right there. Side like, trail. I'm listening to that. I'm like, but that guy, he knows he's doing a service. Yeah, like, and that's his calling, and like, but this is not about the movie anymore. Uh, we have gone off uh, down a rabbit. Well, that's hole. all right. You asked about an impactful moment. No, no, and that is definitely one. No, so the reason I asked that question is because I, I I don't want anybody who's listening to this think that we're just crapping on the movie. Nope, for it not being a good movie or anything like that. No, it it's, was a good movie. It, it was a good movie, but the question is not is this a good movie, but is this pantheon? And is it Pantheon for documentaries and movies in general? Like, it, right. it has to go on a list of all these things. So, yeah. So, yeah. where's that list again? Just just, just for quick comparison. Quick comparison. Of the other movies of that Pantheon. are on there? Yep. Here. Yeah. So, so read me. Uh, here. Let's, let's just, I'll pick some that I didn't say before. Uh, Jaws. Apocalypse Now. Go down to the second or third column. Sorry. I'm right down the second column. Singing in the Rain, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Scream, Monty Python. It just says Monty Python. That's Monty Python, Holy and the Holy Grail. Grail. Good, yeah. good, because the meaning of life. I'm just joking. Anyway, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, Blade Runner, Toy Story, Back to the Future. That will be one because there's no Roman numeral after it. Jaws, Apocalypse Now, Casablanca. If you take a letter to Zachary and stand it up next to these and go, "Hey, are these in even the same universe?" It's hard. To say it is, even though it's a documentary, and as you said ten times already, I've seen better documentaries, and they might actually stand with this uh, yeah. group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. All right. So, all that said, uh, before I go to our closing and concluding thoughts, do uh, do you have any final things to say that we haven't said about this movie that you wanted to mention about the movie so far? 
One of my favorite characters in this movie was his cousin. Was his name Wayne? I just say he's my favorite character. The guy in the hat? The dude who sat, uh, the one who had the cabin next to the river that Andrew used to go visit. They used to, yep. he would show up. This guy is, in, in my mind, one of the untold story, uh, uncelebrated stories of this movie in that he uh, knew Andrew. He saw Andrew every time he went to St. Louis area. They'd go hang out. They'd go on the river. They'd drink beer. They'd play cards. He was so devastated, not just by Andrew's death, but by but by Zachary's death as well, and the way the whole thing came out. And uh, they mention it in the movie, I believe, after the movie, then the credits, they say that he actually passed away a few years later, a couple years after the movie was finished, or before the movie was finished. But um, this guy was one of the most relatable characters to me, and uh, for whatever reason... Uh, he had his own little tiny portal on Andrew's life and who Andrew was. His own like frame. You know, if you think about the movie going by, he had this frame of the, of Andrew's life right yeah. here. Uh, and he was almost more emotionally affected by this whole thing, based on the video we saw, than all of Andrew's friends. And then you know, I read later that the guy tragically died in an accident. But which is tragedy all by itself. But uh, you know, you just kind of wonder what that guy's life was like after, you know, this was sucked away from him. Anyway, that's yeah. we didn't talk about it. I wanted to throw that out there. But that's that's I would say if I was to pick a character from the movie, I really connected with the grandfather, and then I really liked this guy. I wish I had met him. I wish I could like hang out with him and spend yeah. some time with him. The uh, so. What I would say in response to all this the is a quote is that the arc of the moral universe is long but it bends towards justice. Because after you watch this film that you might get the impression Ryan's here! Hey! Hey! What's going on everybody? Alright. Sorry about that, Doug. No, no, I was just culminating all my final thoughts into to one... A glorious connecting point, but but Ryan's here. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, what, so what I was arc. what I was going to say is that after watching this movie, that you might feel like your heart has just been ripped out of your chest, and that the world is a terrible place. But from the movie itself, even with the the activism that goes on, and that the fact that so much good can still happen after the movie is to go with this quote that uh, as a reflection on it is that the arc of the moral universe is long but it bends towards justice yeah. so despite the amount of injustices that you see in this that there is uh, you can walk away uh, confident that there's that humanity is not doomed let, let me because ask you Shirley Temple Turner right. whatever is a horrible woman who destroyed uh, a family. The bag beast. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. Just put all this in, in perspective, right? In the end, the bag beast, the parents, uh, became activists to change the way the legal system, the Canadian legal system specifically, uh, worked so that this could never happen again. And they walked away with a victory. They walked away with a victory. In your mind, did that victory feel in any way like a balance of scales uh not for them 
but maybe for somebody else. That's how I felt about it as well. And because there's like you can't go back, you know, like there's there's no going back uh, for this family, but maybe for somebody else. I honestly felt like the Bagbys were so tired that they took this victory and said, "That's that's what that's what we get. That's 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 as much as we're gonna get in. We're done. We're out. Yeah." All right, so. Uh, so those are our thoughts on the movie, uh, and this has the, been the Pantheon Companion, and uh, as always, I hope everyone enjoyed tonight's conversation. I know I did. I did as well. Um, and I would have to say this, that where can Videoland find you, my friend Mac? Oh, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me if you enroll in any of my courses at Purdue. I'll be the one up front yapping for an hour. Uh, anywhere else that they could find you. Oh, feel uh, free to plug oh, anything you'd Instagram, like. Instagram uh, yeah. and uh, and you know what? I perform in a comedy group called One Size Fits All. Wait, Diamond Doug, you're also yeah, in I am One Size also Fits in All. One Size Fits All that you can find on you can One Size us. Fits All Improv dot com or on the, Facebook. You got to add the uh, improv on the end, otherwise you get a whole different website. Anywhere else that they can find you. Well, my wife and I have run a martial arts school for 20 years called the Black Belt Academy, McFall's uh, Black Belt Academy. So if anybody's Lafayette. interested in learning about Taekwondo, yeah, judo, you can come we'll learn from to, one of the uh, area's best instructors uh, is my friend Mac over here, Gary McFall. I'll just say his name out stop loud. Stop I know. He's like Voldemort. I uh, can't say his name out loud. Uh, so, uh, and where and will they find you, Doug? They will find me on Facebook and the couch <laughs> I will, I'm mostly sitting on a couch, but uh, they but will you, also find you at Purdue University. They can find me at Purdue my University. My friend Triple D, Doctor Diamond Doug, is a faculty member at Purdue University in Cranert School of Management. That is correct. That is correct. I'm on the Twitter as well, but Ooh. I don't do anything cool there. I'm also on the Instagram, I'm but on, I really don't do anything there as well. I'm on the Instagram. I got my seventh follower yesterday. I had. The Snapchat, but then when I switched phones, I never installed it on the new one. So yeah. don't find me there. I, I won't find you back. Uh, definitely Facebook's the place to go. Facebook. Uh, as far as Adventures in Videoland, you can find us on Instagram, adventuresinvideoland.com. But the conversation always begins and ends on Facebook, which is now about 4,000 uh, members strong, give or take. Is there more than that? No? Yeah? So about, it, it's a rich community, and it's always a lot of fun. I think precisely it's 4,237 and a half members and, on Adventures in Video Land on Facebook. And you knew that offhand. I, I did. I just measured it yesterday. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, you've been listening to Criticism in its finest hour with me, Dr. Diamond Doug, and my friend, Mac. And until next time, Videolanders, peace out. That doesn't sound so natural when you say it. It doesn't at all. It really doesn't. I should say something else. And uh, best regards. To, like, uh, stay classy, Stay classy, Sandy. I really need some sort of stay, catchphrase. Stay classy, Videolanders. I would, I would normally say something like, all right, and uh, I'll see you next time. Later, class, uh, make sure to do the readings. Yeah. But homework's due on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll work on We will work on that. All right. We love you. We love you all. We love you. We're out. Yeah.